Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Continue talking to you from this series that I'm calling Urgent about the urgency that we need to have in our life to make sure that we're ready and we're prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. You do believe Jesus is coming back, right? Well, come on. You believe he's coming back. We look forward to that day. We're anticipating that day, expecting that day uh, very soon. And the word of God uh, tells us that he's coming back. Jesus said he was coming back. So we're talking about being ready. We're talking about being prepared spiritually. And today in this uh, series called Urgent, I want to talk to you and let you know that hell is real. Hell is real. Hell is real. I'm talking to you about a subject today that I really don't look forward to preaching on. I'd much rather preach on heaven and, and the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. But you know what? We gotta, you got to preach the whole counsel of God's word. And so there's a subject I want to talk to you about today, and it's called hell. Now, a lot of people don't believe in hell. There's a lot of people in this day and time, they don't believe in a, in a, a, a real hell uh, and, and sadly, there's a lot of Christians today in some of your mainline uh, denominations. They, they don't believe in a real, literal hell. They don't believe it. And, and I don't know where you stand. I don't know what you've showed up with your beliefs this morning, your feelings. But listen, uh, you may not like what the Bible says about hell. You, you may not like what, and agree with what the Bible says about hell. But I want to remind you today, no matter what your feelings are about what you think about hell, it does not change the truth of God's word. And God's word says that hell is real. It's a real place. It's a real place. Real place. Hell is real. And sadly today, a lot of preachers are not preaching on hell, which I don't understand. They've been called by God to preach, and we believe that Jesus is coming back, and, and we preach about that, and we believe heaven, and we preach about uh, heaven. And, and, but, you know, how can we stop there? We have to continue preaching the whole counsel of God's word. So we see today in the, in the, in the American church that a lot of preachers are refusing to preach on the subject called hell and I asked myself why why would we stop why would we stop there when God's called us to preach the whole counsel of God's word and I can tell you from my own experience because of some things I've been involved in over the last several years that I can tell you why a lot of them are probably refusing to preach on hell that there's listen we're living in a day right now friend where there's church growth consultants and all they're concerned about is uh, putting a number in your church they're not really concerned about life transformation it's about a number it's about a number it's about a number and they're telling these preachers and they're encouraging these preachers to not use the word hell at all in their services because that word hell would offend a new guest or the word hell would offend a lost person so they recommend do not use the word like hell in your services because it will push those new people from coming through the doors of your church and when I think about that, that's being pushed and encouraged by so many today and pastors refusing to preach on hell because it would uh, offend people, it reminds me of a preacher by the name of Peter Cartwright. Peter Cartwright, one morning uh, before Pastor Cartwright was to preach at his church, he was told that General Andrew Jackson was going to be in the church service 
And can you imagine that? He was told that General Andrew Jackson is going to be in his church service, and his elders came to him, came to the preacher, uh, Cartwright, and said, listen, we want to ask you, don't say anything that's going to offend General Andrew Jackson. So when Pastor Cartwright got up to preach, he said, I'm told today that General Andrew Jackson is in the congregation. Andrew Jackson, Andrew Jackson, you will go to hell if he does not commit his life to Jesus Christ. The church didn't quite respond the way you did. That church gasped for air. But you know what? The testimony is there to uh, what they said that after the service that General Andrew Jackson approached Preacher Cartwright and shook his hand and said, I wish I had men like you in my regiment because if we did, we could take over the world. This preacher, this preacher Cartwright, he was not concerned about offending anyone. He was lovingly and boldly warning the people that the truth of hell, that hell is a real place. And if there's ever been an urgent time in the day that we live in that needs to hear the message that hell is real, it is today. People need to hear there's a real hell And if you've studied your Bible any at all, if you've been reading your Bible any at all, you would know that Jesus preached and warned about hell. He preached on hell more than anyone else in the Bible. He preached on hell more than he preached on heaven. Jesus was the greatest preacher ever, and he focused on preaching on hell and warning people out of a heart of love. And friend, if Jesus preached on hell, then every pastor, every preacher, every Christian should be preaching that hell is a real place. And I want to tell you something before I get into the heart of my message. This is a message for some of you here today. The message that you're about to hear, some of you are never going to forget this message. You listen to me. Some of you will never forget this message that I'm about to preach to you. And I'll explain why in just a minute. But I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 19 through 31. Luke, the gospel of Luke. This is Jesus here, and a lot of people believe, some commentary believe that this is a parable. Some believe it's not a parable. Some believe it's a true story. Jesus is telling the story. I, I, I lean more toward that this is a true story here just because of some of the things that we pull from the context that make it so personal. But Jesus is telling this story here, and he's teaching us about hell. So in Luke 16, verse 19 through 31, Jesus is speaking, telling a story to his followers, to the disciples, to the church. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom, which is symbolic for heaven. The Jews of that time would have known that Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom meant paradise or meant heaven. The rich man, he died. He also died and was buried. And in Hades, which is symbolic for hell, he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity. Some translations say, have mercy. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember, remember that word, remember, remember, remember. Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, a great gulf. 
so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. And he answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. That's another symbolic thing for the word of God. You got Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them, the word of God. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if, you, if, if someone from the dead goes uh, to them, they will repent. And he said to the, uh, him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, the word of God, then they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to please touch me and touch everyone that's gathered here today. God, I pray that, Lord, as this word is preached, God, it would be under your anointing, God, under your power, under your strength, under your reliance, God. I need you, Lord, touch my mouth, my heart, my eyes, everything about me work for your glory. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would anoint the hearts and the minds of everybody listening on campus, online, whoever they are, God. Speak to them right now, Lord, that they urgently wake up, God. Wake up, wake up. They would wake up, Lord, spiritually. And God, that they would make sure they're prepared and ready so they can go to heaven and not go to hell. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice in this story here, uh, Jesus gives us some details and some things that we can learn from. The very first thing that we see that Jesus points out is there's two different lives, two different lives. There's two different lives. Jesus explains to us from this story, there's two different kinds of people in this life. People who have faith and people who have no faith. People who love Jesus and people who love themselves more than they love Jesus. People who are living for God and people who are living for the world. People who love light and people who love darkness. People who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and people who have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. People who are saved and people who are unsaved and people who are going to heaven and people who are going to hell. Jesus points that, he points that out in this difference here, these different lives And he tells us there's two different kinds of people. And the very first one we see here is the rich man. The rich man. He was rich, but not only was he rich, he was very rich. Because if you read in uh, verse 19, it says that he was dressed in purple and fine linens. And and purple was a a clothing of royalty. And and it meant that you had wealth in your life. And this man, this rich man, he he was very rich and Extremely rich, and the Bible says not only was he rich because of the clothes that he wore, but he lived in luxury every day. He lived in luxury every day. This rich man lived a wealthy lifestyle, and in verse 19, it indicates that this man, listen, he was rich, and not only was he rich, but he was a man who loved his riches. He loved his riches. He worshiped his riches. He idolized his riches. He idolized his fame. He idolized his wealth. Everything was about his riches. He loved his riches more than he loved God. He loved his riches more than he loved people. The man was focused on his daily luxuries and all of his riches, and it blinded him to the needs of those around him. This rich man was more focused on wealth than he was the well-being of other people. 
And Jesus points out some things here about this man we see in his life that he, this rich man is self-centered. It's all about him. He's chasing after the fame and the fortune he thinks that this world can bring him. And he has no compassion. He has no desire to help others. He has no desire to be a blessing to others. And you remember my sermon the other day? He has no desire to give mercy away. He has no desire to give mercy away. This rich man had so much to give, yet he did nothing. He had so much to give. He had so much potential in his life to live for God and to love God and to be used by God. But instead of living for the Lord, he did nothing. He did nothing. And Jesus in this story is revealing to us the condition of this man's heart, which really reflects the heart of every human, that the heart is wicked and the heart is evil. And this man's wicked heart, it showed no grace, it showed no mercy, it showed no love. He showed no compassion, no love for God, no love for people. He, in other words, he was a sinful man. This rich man was a sinful man. It was all about what he could gain, all about what he could acquire in life. It was about him and his riches, and he was a sinful man. But I want to just tell you today, friend, being rich does not make you, uh, that's not a sin. That's not the sin right here for this man. This man's sin is that he neglected God. He, he lived a life and he neglected God. So much potential, but he kept pushing God away. He kept neglecting God. I wonder how many people showed up today and you've been neglecting God. You've been neglecting God. He neglected God. That was his sin. His sin was his self-reliance upon his own self-worth. And this rich man, listen, he had put all of his faith, he had put all of his trust in his riches and his wealth. That's all he could trust in was his riches and his wealth. And we know what Jesus said. Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Yeah, forfeits his soul. And this man had forfeited his soul because all he was concerned about was gaining more riches. The rich man had so much, yet he was empty spiritually. Do you know anybody like that? Notice the poor man. The poor man, his name was Lazarus. He has a name. The rich man had no name, but Lazarus has a name, indicating a personal relationship there with God. Lazarus was a, a crippled beggar. He had to be brought to the rich man's gate and laid there, and there he would beg, desiring to be fed crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Lazarus was sick. Sores covered his body, and as he lay there, the dogs would come and lick those sores and it indicates to all of us that Lazarus was needy and Lazarus was unclean. Listen, Lazarus had nothing. He had nothing. All he had was a total reliance on God. But I want to remind you today, friend, that being poor doesn't make you right with God. Being rich doesn't make you right and being poor doesn't make you right with God. What makes you right with God is not what you have or what you don't have. What makes you right with God is a heart of faith that is surrendered totally to Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, amen. What makes you right with God is a heart of faith that totally relying on Jesus for salvation in Christ alone, not by works that no man shall boast, but in Christ alone, friend, in Christ alone, in Jesus alone, not by your works, but in Jesus only. A heart of faith totally relying on Jesus for salvation. These two men, two different men, one living a life that's chasing after the world, chasing after the fame, chasing after the fortune, chasing to see how much more he can gain and how much more he can get. And another man over here with nothing, humble, contrite, needy, unclean. All he has is a reliance on God. Two different lives. But listen, notice what happens. They both die. 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 
And the Bible says it's appointed to all men that we will die and face the judgment, friend. And after they die, we see not only two different lives, but now we see two different destinations. The beggar dies, the Bible says, and he's carried away by angels to Abraham's bosom, which is heaven. The rich man died and was buried and opened his eyes in the torment of Hades, which represents hell. Two different destinations. One man goes to heaven and one man goes to hell. And Jesus, he uses this powerful story to, to talk to us about this place called hell and we can learn some things. So right now, I just want you to really focus in. This is, the, this is the heart of the message right here. And just focus in with me for the next few minutes and let the Lord speak to you. And Jesus is speaking to them here. And we know that they both have died. There's two different destinations. And Jesus says, this man, this rich man is in hell. The Bible teaches us, friend, listen, you can learn right now that hell is real. Hell is real. It's a real place. The Bible tells us that hell is a real place. Many, put, many people today, they believe that once you die, you, you no longer exist anymore. You, you just totally, you're non-existent anymore. Once you die, you just, that's it. And then some people believe that when you die, you're going to come back a kitty cat or a puppy dog or a flower. I want you to know that both of those are lies from the pit of hell. Because when you die, friend, when you die, you, you're going to know where you're at. You're going to know that hell is real. And this man, listen, he knew that hell was real. When he woke up in hell, he could see. We know he could see. He could see Abraham. He could see Lazarus. He could see. He could talk. He could feel the torment of hell. Hell is real. He never lost his consciousness. He was there. He knew that hell was real. And the reason he was in hell was because he never lived a life committed to Jesus Christ. And he woke up. He woke up in a real hell and how sad, how sad it is today that you can have all the luxuries of this world and all the wealth of this world, but not have Jesus. Have everything in the world, but the one thing you need the most, a lot of people don't have, and his name is Jesus. And because he woke up in hell, and it was because he didn't have Jesus in his life, like so many people today, like so many people walking around today, that really illustrate this rich man's life. You, you, you live for self, you lived in luxury, you died, you buried, you wake up in hell. That's a, basically what this scripture says. He, he, listen, he lived for himself, he lived in luxury, the Bible says he died, the Bible says he was buried, and then he woke up in hell. How many people walking around, they living for themselves, living in the luxury, they die, they're buried, and then they're gonna wake up in a real hell. They're going to wake up in a real hell. That will be the reality for so many people. Would that be the reality for you that are gathered here today, you watching online? It will be the reality because Jesus said it will be the reality because Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 that you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate, but the highway to hell is broad and wide and its gate is wide for many who choose that way who choose that way. When I was reading through my scriptures this morning before I ever came to church, you know how you can be reading your scripture or reading your Bible and all of a sudden something you've read a million times, it just jumps off at you and grabs your heart. And when I was reading that, all, I, all that jumped out was that many who choose that way, many who choose that way. Listen, God's not gonna send you to hell. You're gonna choose to go that way. You're gonna choose to go that way. You mean to tell me I will choose to go to hell over heaven? People will go on the highway to hell because they choose that way. I'll never forget a couple of years ago, I was asked by a family to go witness to a man and 
the hospital in Greenville, Vida. He was really just uh, bones from where cancer had ate him up, and he was claimed to be atheist and went over there to talk to him. And while I moved the conversation toward uh, just the spiritual things and, and about his soul, uh, he, he ran me out of the room. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to. He ran me out of the room. He was choosing the highway to hell. He was choosing the highway to hell. He was about to die, and he still chose the highway to hell. And pushed me out of the room, wouldn't let me stay in the room, but I still shared it from the door outside the room. Praise God. People will choose that way. And I wonder how many people right here in Mount Olive, a little over 5,000 people right here in Mount Olive, how many is going to choose the highway to hell? I wonder about the 11 million in North Carolina right now. How many of those are going to choose the highway to hell? I wonder about the ones in this service today who's going to choose the highway to hell? Jesus teaches us that hell is a place for those that are unsaved, unrepentant, unbelievers. Hell is a place for the ungodly. Hell is a place for the neglectors, the rejectors, the mockers, the compromisers, those who refuse to obey the gospel. Friend, listen, the neglectors, uh, listen, it's a place for the neglectors, those that God was trying to get your attention, God was trying to work, but you just kept neglecting God, neglecting God, neglecting God. It's a place for those rejectors, those that just keep rejecting the offer of salvation Sunday after Sunday. God loves you enough to give you another opportunity to get right with God and you keep rejecting the gospel, rejecting the gospel. Friend, hell is a real place. And then you got the mockers, the mockers, those that are making fun of Jesus Christ. Friend, just turn on your television today. You can see the mockers everywhere mocking Christ. I saw one standing in a protest with a sign, send Jesus back, we'll kill him again. Friend, they're mocking Jesus. But hell is a real place. And can you imagine the wrath of God that's going to come on those that are mocking Jesus and mocking God? Compromisers, compromisers, those that are claiming to be Christians, but then they compromise the word of God and they, they change their doctrine just to accommodate to make other people feel good and adjust the culture. They're compromising, compromising, and hell is a real place for the compromiser. It's a real place for those who are refuse to obey the gospel hell is a real place for anyone whose name is not written in the book of life john said in revelation 2015 if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire and how sad it is to think that we can look and it looks like everybody's got it together it looks like everything's great in their world but the one thing they're missing jesus is going to keep them from going to heaven and they will wake up in a real hell hell is real hell is horrible Hell is a place of horrible torment and anguish. I want you to notice this rich man. He's begging for mercy. He's pleading with mercy. Listen, please, please help me. I'm being tormented by the flames. He's crying out. He pleaded for relief from the anguish because of the fire, the fire he experienced in that place called hell. And I know a lot of us, I know I've been guilty of this. We, we go through things in our life right now. I know we, we claim, you know what, I, I've gone through some pain in my life. I'm going through a season of pain. I'm going through agony. I, and we'll say things like, you know what, I feel like I'm going through hell. Anybody ever been there and said things like that? We're trying to give words and description to what we're feeling in the situation we're in. But I can promise you, friend, if you'll read the word of God, there's nothing that you're going through that's going to be any worse than the horrors of hell. Hell is horrible because it's a place of total separation from God's presence. Friend, you'll just keep drifting farther and farther away from God. There'll be no presence of God anymore. 
Hell is horrible because of the unquenchable fire. It's not a fire like we can think here on earth. It's a supernatural fire that God has created for hell. Hell is horrible because there's never-ending torment and anguish because of all the pain. Hell is horrible because of the total darkness. There's going to be a blackout, but it won't be a blackout like they're experiencing in California. It'll be a God blackout. It'll be a darkness like we don't even comprehend. It's a supernatural darkness for that place called hell. Hell is horrible because of the weeping and gnashing of teeth from the screams. Hell is horrible because the worm never dies. The worm never dies. Many scholars, many great Bible teachers, they will tell you that that term, the worm never dies, is talking about your memory. It's going to be your memory. He said in verse 25, Abraham replied, Remember, rich man, remember, rich man, remember your lifetime when you had all the good things and now you're in agony. You're going to always have your memory. That's going to be one of the things about hell that torments you will be your memory. Can you imagine waking up in hell? Can you imagine just waking up in hell? You would wake up in hell. You're waking up, you're lost. You're alone. Lazarus had Abraham there. There was companionship. But here in hell, this rich man had nobody. You're going to be all alone. And it's going to be total darkness, tormented by fire, total separation from the presence of God. And when you wake up, you will know that you are in hell. There's going to be no hope. There's going to be no relief. There's going to be no escape. And then comes the worm that never dies. Here comes the worm that never dies. Here comes the worm. Here comes the worm that never dies. And it's going to be a constant replay in your mind, a constant replay of things in your life. And you're going to constantly remember those things. You're going to remember on this day sitting in this service and sitting in those chairs and hearing the word and a chance to be able to give your life to Jesus. And and you're going to remember all those opportunities that a friend witnessed to you and tried to uh, win you to the Lord. And you're going to remember when when your parents were pleading with that child to come to Christ, to come to Christ. You're going to remember those things. You're going to remember every one of them when you're in hell. You're going to remember every opportunity you had. You're going to relive it. You're going to relive every one of them. You're going to relive those times. You're going to relive every church service. You're going to relive every time you heard the gospel preached. Because the worm never dies. The worm never dies. I feel like there'll be just a constant replay of flashbacks, if you want to call them flashbacks. Sometimes I have flashbacks at night thinking I'm back in the Navy again. I'm like, oh, God, help me. And I'll wake up and think, oh my God, am I in California sitting on a big old metal sitting duck? And then I'll reach over there and I'm like, oh, there's my wife and and I'm here in Calypso still and I'm not away from my family. But I'll have those flashbacks and it's really a nightmare. And I believe that when you're in hell, friend, you're going to have those flashbacks. You're going to have those flashbacks where where you were here in one of the services and you're going to be there in hell. And you're going to be reliving those services and you're going to hear the music being played. And you're going to see people all gathered and there's going to be an invitation to come to Christ. And you're going to be like, oh, good, I was just dreaming. Oh, good, I was just having a little nightmare. And about the time you think you're going to get ready to get right with God... The lights go out because you're in hell. And it's going to happen over and over and over and over. Flashback, flashback. I got another opportunity to get right with the Lord. And right when you get ready to say yes to Jesus, the lights go out because you're in hell and you're going to live because the worm never dies. The worm never dies. The worm never dies. Tormenting you because hell is horrible. If I hear anybody ever say again, oh, man, me and my homies, you know, we're going to live life like we want to right now. And then, 
You know what? We'll just let the cards fall away. They fall, and if we all end up in hell, we'll have a big old party right there. You know what? There will be no partying going on in hell. Hell is not a party place. Hell is a painful place. There's no happiness in hell. There's only horror in hell. Hell is a horrible place, and hell is a final place. He says, listen, uh, come and help me. Somebody send relief to me. He says, nobody can go to you. There's a, there's a great chasm. There's a great gulf fixed between us. We can't go there. You can't come here. In other words, no one can cross over because hell is final. Hell is final. No more chances to get right with God. Do you hear me? No more chances to get right with God. When you die, once you die, it's over. You hear me? You, you, you die, you're buried, it's over. There's no such place called purgatory where you, where you drift off somewhere and you can rethink your life and, and, and then you can try to make things right again. That's another life in the pit of hell. There, there's not going to be any halftime, friend, where I lived one part of my life wrong and missed it with God and now it's halftime and I'm readjusting the playbook and I'm going to come out now and I'm going to live for God. There's not going to be a halftime. When you die, it's over. It's too late. It's too late, it's too late because hell is final. No more chances, no way out, no escape, no exit, no release, no relief, no break. Hell is final. When you die, it's gonna be over. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just telling you right now, friend, if anything, I'm trying to persuade men to give their life to Jesus Christ, women to give their life to Jesus Christ, man, boy, whoever you are, I'm persuading you to think about your life and make sure that heaven's in your future It's urgent to wake up because hell is final. And I also want to tell you, friend, the good news, that hell is avoidable. Hell is avoidable. Hell is avoidable. Hallelujah. It's avoidable. You don't have to go to hell, friend. The good news is you're here today and you got another chance. You're watching online. You have another chance. You have a chance today to get things right by running to Jesus and repenting of your sins and surrendering your heart by faith to him. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you done that? God forbid our loved ones go to hell. Hell is avoidable. He said, tell my brothers, warn them, warn them. I have five brothers. Go warn them. Go warn them. No, I'm not sending anybody. They have Moses and the prophets. They have the word. They have the word of God. And we have the word of God today. The word of God tells us that God demonstrated his own love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you thankful for that? We have the word of God. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We have the word of God. We have the word of God. John eleven twenty five twenty six 26 says, Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus is the resurrected one. And in his faith in Jesus Christ and him alone, friend, the good news is hell is avoidable. Are you going to avoid hell today or are you going to choose the way of the highway that leads to hell which way will you go two kinds of people two kinds of people those with Christ and those without Christ those on their way to heaven and those on their way to hell which one are you 
Which one are you? 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 Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Is heaven in your future? Friends, stop playing the games. Stop playing the games because hell is real, hell is horrible, hell is final. But you can know today that hell is avoidable. And it all starts right now by you just accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've walked away from him. Pastor Kevin Miss Amy, come help me please. Maybe, maybe, you've, maybe you've walked away. Maybe you've drifted. Maybe you've been neglecting God, friend. I don't know what you've been doing, but I'm telling you right now, I'm pleading you with urgency in my heart. Stop playing the games and get it right with the Lord. Please. Please. Would you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, help us. Friend, if you're here today and you're not sure that heaven is in your future, right there where you are, you can just run to Jesus and repent. That means you turn from your sins and you turn to Jesus. It means you love Jesus more than you love your sins. And you call on him and you just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Because all, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and Lord, I know you died for me. Even yet while I was a sinner, you died for me. And you took my place on the cross. I deserved every bit of that shame. I deserved every bit of that, Lord. But you took my place because you love me. And you want to transform me and give me eternal life. And today, Lord, I confess with my mouth. And believe in my heart. Jesus is Lord and he's been resurrected from the dead and because he lives because Jesus is resurrected I can live and never die hallelujah friend listen to that you can live and never die and spend eternity with Jesus you can live with Jesus now and live with Jesus in eternity or you can live without Jesus now and live without Jesus for eternity what will you do I pray right there where you are. Just ask the Lord to forgive you. Accept him into your life. Commit your, commit your life to Christ right now. I'm committing my life to Christ. I will follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Nobody looking around. If you prayed that prayer today to make things right with Jesus, would you just lift your hand real quick and say, that's me, I prayed today. Would you obey God? God bless you, God bless you. Any others, any others? God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. I just encourage you right now, all of you. Lord, thank you for the ones that have responded to the gospel. And I pray right now, Lord, that heaven will be in their future because of their faith in you alone. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you stand with me, please? Pastor Kevin and Miss Amy are about to lead us into a song. If you're getting ready to get baptized, I want you to go ahead and get in place right now. Go ahead and uh, go to the rooms that we have designated for you. But I want to remind all the Christians here today.
Listen, I want to remind you that this message today is for all of us because it should inspire every one of us to go out and witness. If we really believe hell is real, if we really believe today that hell is real, it should encourage every one of us to go out and witness to our family, witness to our friends because I don't think any of us want anybody, we don't want anybody to go to hell. So may we be inspired and may we be encouraged today uh, to go out and make sure we're a witness for Christ. So we're going to go ahead and get ready now and get in place. You worship the Lord and let God do what he needs to do in your heart.